0: On today's behind the wall we're recapping the inaugural daytona road course weekend we're going to talk a little bit about the playoff pictures we head to the double header dover uh we've got a lot of new darlington throwback schemes to talk about uh, top three for this week we're going to be talking about the top three most disappointing drivers this season we've got an interview with mrn's chris wilner josh is bringing the retweeter mute takes today we got over under and hot takes and dark horses per usual got a new uh, panelist today adam thomas welcome all right let's roll hey this is steve everett and you're listening to my song fake it available everywhere now let's get to the show this is the behind the wall podcast brought to you by behind the wall media I promise they're not drunk. And thank you again, Steve, for the music. Welcome back to the Behind the Wall podcast. Uh, This week we're joined by Josh Slate and Adam Thomas. Jay Young is out. He uh, just moved in or moved back to college, so he's getting everything set up. So we miss Jay this week. Won't be the same, but we've got a decent replacement, Adam Thomas. Uh, Real quick, Adam, introduce yourself uh, to all the podcast
1: listeners. I would say a Better replacement, not, not even just decent. Come on, Henry. But hey, glad uh, to be here. Glad to be here. Glad to be talking here. J J does have better hot takes though. It's all right. I'm I'm bringing the hot take this week. Jay, he can he can tell me what he wants on Twitter, so he can he can call me out. But <laughs> hey, I'm bringing I'm bringing the heat this week.
0: Okay. All right. We'll, we'll hear when we see it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the inaugural Daytona road course. Uh, races this weekend all three series were in act- actually all four ser- top series were in action arca trucks xfinity and cup uh first time anyone had been on the track uh cup and i oh mean yeah, xfinity and trucks they were kind of wild it seemed like it was the first time they'd been in the track but cup was surprising they really didn't have any issue getting around the track there wasn't mass chaos like everyone thought there was going to be what would you guys think about the race
2: i'm going to be honest and say like going into this race i had no idea how it was going to be, and I didn't think it was going to be too great. I uh, was definitely surprised at how the racing came out, in the Cup race especially. Xfinity race was all right, and I think uh, Sunday was definitely the best day for racing with trucks and Cup. The Cup race was really solid. I think uh, that should probably take place and be there instead of Sonoma. Sonoma's just kind of been a iffy track in the past years. But the race was really good. A lot of passing, a lot of good racing all over the track. I think the front chicane added a lot of new passing opportunities that we wouldn't see in NASCAR if they ran like the the normal Daytona infield portion. But I really enjoyed it. It was a really good race.
1: Man, I'll be honest. It was electric. Electric weekend. Xfinity, you know, I thought the Xfinity race was fantastic with how at the very end, you know, obviously it's a long race, but at the very end, you know, everyone – overshoots turn one make it like seven or eight wide heading into turn two and three made that the ending of that race electric but you know move on up to the cup race um it was i agree you know it was a lot more cleaner than i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be you know in the very beginning everyone's going to be going at it all the hype with the road course which i do agree it should take place in sonoma next year it's just a more iconic road course um but how about chase elliott just freaking destroying the field. I would go as far race.
0: to say, I'd go as far to say that Chase Elliott right now is the best road course racer in the cup series. He's got three consecutive wins on road courses, uh, dating back to, uh, Watkins Glenn last ju- August, but he is, he, he may not dominate the whole race, but he's always finding himself in position near the end of the race to dominate and end up winning the race or at least being close to win the race. Uh, Even at the Roval with his uh, major oof going into turn one, the uh, Tums heartburn heartburn turn, but he still ended up winning the race. And thank God he didn't do it this weekend because that would have been meme central. But do you guys guys think that he could be the – or he is the best road course racer
2: right now? I think he's definitely the best road course racer in the Cup Series. I think if you look at NASCAR as a whole – you look at Austin Cindrick as being the best road course racer in NASCAR. But for we talking simply Cup Series, Chase Elliott's definitely there. I think uh, Martin Truex Jr., he's another one of the top dogs in the Cup Series, especially at road courses. He was able to make his way from the back to the front multiple times throughout the race. Really impressive run. He uh, finished third, which was his fifth third-place finish in a row. Really impressive, especially coming up to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, Truex – he was, running, he was running top what three in the beginning of the race. Mm-hmm. Which he, uh, yeah, and he was, I, don't, I can't remember if it was during a stage break or a, a green flag pit stop, but he had that speeding on speeding penalty on pit road, sent to the back, made it all the way back up to the front, and then ended his way up there. But I just thought it was hilarious how Bubba Wallace literally went off on Twitter, how he thought Bowman during the race wrecked him, but let literally Joey Logano slammed into Bowman and then wrecked Bubba Wallace. Um To cause some chaos and some little little tension on Twitter after the race,
0: I would say that Alex Bowman and Bubba Wallace have an underrated rivalry. I mean it goes back to I the agree. race where they ha- got to a scuffle and uh, Wallace tossed some water on uh, Bowman unfortunately while he was getting treatment for overheat uh, overheating in the car, but I would say that they they have a solid rivalry, and i don 't you know, it's it's something we need. It's it's electric. Uh, but shout out to Bubba Wallace picked up a new sponsor for a couple of races this year and next year with a, da- a DoorDash. Uh, I was thinking that it was going to be or when his uh, big announcement on the Today Show was going to end up being uh, his 2021 plans. But a new primary sponsor that's pretty good too. Uh, but I would say, as much as it pains me to say that I would that bubble wallace is essentially out of the playoff picture unless something happens at daytona where he ends up winning the thing but let's talk about the playoff picture real quick we've got three races left in the regular season we've got doubleheader weekend this or doubleheader this weekend at dover and we got the uh, daytona oval which is going to be absolute chaos um but what are y'all's thoughts going into the last couple races do you see a surprise name coming in or you see someone big falling out, or what What are you guys thinking?
2: I think a name below the cutoff line right now that everybody has eyes on is Eric Jones. Eric Jones won a Daytona uh, night race a couple years back, and we're going back there for the last race, so the regular season. Eric Jones is definitely, I think, one of the favorites going in there. And then you just you look up and see the struggling Kyle Bush, another rough weekend, finishing 37th at the Daytona road course. He's having just a awful season, and – Coming off a championship last year with so many wins, coming to 2020, zero wins, only two stage wins, and 100 points above the playoff cut line. I think if he doesn't have a good car this weekend at Dover, they have to use the same car both Saturday and Sunday. He could be screwed going into Daytona. Yeah, I mean, um, (laughs) talk about Kyle Busch. I mean,
1: his car literally blows up. Practically, he blows up his entire rear end. And even – he what, what was he up? He was up like 250 points probably two weeks ago, and now he's not even up 100. So talk about how I think he is going to be – the defending champ going to follow the playoffs by the end of the year. Jimmy Johnson's going to slide in at 16. And maybe even Tyler Reddick can come into yeah. the picture.
0: Yeah, I, I could see Johnson winning – Uh, this weekend or next weekend, that's definitely not out of the picture. He's got – he ran really well this past weekend. Um, But, yeah, I I stand behind my hot take that I gave last week or two weeks ago that Kyle Busch will not make the playoffs this year. Uh, In under normal circumstances, I would say he would make the playoffs. But just because we're ending the race or the ending ending the regular season at Daytona on the Oval, it's a, a super speedway race. Anything can happen. You get caught up in the big one and you could be 30 points up and all of a sudden you're you're heading home empty handed, not going to the playoffs. So anything can happen here. Um, But I will attribute a lot of his uh, struggles this year is the fact that he can't uh, he can't hammer out all the issues with his car in practice. And that's something that's really hurting him. Other teams are thriving with it because they're it's more of a level playing field. But teams like uh kyle bush where they're used to running tons of laps in practice it's really hurting them but i want to go ahead and move into uh speaking of kyle bush uh last week josh finished second to kyle bush in the uh in i-racing uh the monday night league and this week he got the dub beat ended up beating uh some big names like ryan vargas uh some other guys can't remember their name, but, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, ended up, uh, winning at the Daytona Oval. So Josh, why don't you uh, talk about it a little bit, put the, uh, behind the wall car in victory lane, huge win for not only you, but the whole, uh, media group. Uh, tell us about what was going through your head for your first, uh, big win in iRacing.
2: It was crazy. I, uh, made it through a lot of wrecks that I don't know how I made it through. And, uh, it was cool to go up there and race with some of, like, NASCAR's uh, biggest names. Ryan Vargas is a big name coming in there. Kyle Busch last week and coming so close to beating him last week. I just – I wanted to go and win this week so bad. Got the win, got an interview at the end, Shouted it out behind the wall. It just – it just was a cool feeling that I never thought, like, I'd be able to do. And i racing kind of given everybody a platform to become, like, a race car driver and go out there and race laps, like – Big name people and I'm fortunate enough that I get to go out there and race with a bunch of media guys and be racing in a broadcast and have the opportunity to race against some of NASCAR's uh, professional drivers so
0: was uh, was our boy Chris Wilner racing
2: Chris Wilner was racing he uh, okay. were end up talking throughout the race and he ended up getting caught up in some mess back in the back but still looking good in the playoff picture
0: well were you aware I don't know if, if- Ryan Vargas was talking over the driver chat, but they mentioned it on the, uh, the broadcast that he really had to use the restroom and he was, he was holding it the last couple laps and it kept, uh, they were cautions. They went to uh, three overtimes, I believe. Was it yeah. three overtimes? It yeah. Was. Three overtimes. And that was a main talking point, but were you aware of his, uh, He's uh, bladder issues going into the last couple laps.
2: Yeah, he kept coming over the text chat. I guess he didn't have a mic, and he's like, guys, we can't wreck again. I need to pee. <laughs> so he just, like, kept going on and on Classic. about, like, how bad he had to go. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was interesting, and I guess more cautions came and more cautions came, and he got in that last wreck, and hopefully he didn't go in his pants.
0: Yeah, well, congrats on your uh... – Your big win. Hopefully you'll uh, be able to back it up this weekend on the uh, road course with the Porsches. Uh, But speaking of games, I know iRacing is technically a simulator, but I'd classify it technically as a video game. But uh, Adam Stern tweeted out today that uh, NASCAR Heat will be no more after this year. They're changing the name to something uh, that had been announced yet, but they will be starting from a bare bones, uh, basically reinventing the whole game. So I'm super excited for that. But I want to talk to you guys about uh, NASCAR games in general. I know Adam and I just hopped off NASCAR Heat 5. We uh, usually spend our nights battling it out on the ovals and road courses. But uh, what's one feature, if money was no object, but what, what's one feature that you would want to see in the game uh, upcoming next year for this uh, new game?
2: In NASCAR 15 and NASCAR 14, I love the opportunity to go in there and paint your car and customize it exactly how you want it. I think in the new NASCAR Heat games, you're only able to pick from a couple options that they give you. So I think the opportunity to go out there and paint your own car, you can go and make an old Dale Sr. Goodrich scheme or a Kyle Busch-Kellogg scheme from back in the day. I really like that scheme. I uh, have that opportunity available. Was really cool in those games.
1: That would be pretty cool, yeah. Hey, My idea, I think it'd be fantastic that way I can just beat Henry so bad is, Uh yeah, is an online career mode where like the career mode, but offline in the heat five series or the heat series now, um, to where you can have, you can join a team or create your own team, um, but to race with other people online and actually have an online league to where instead of it's just online races, you know, a lot, I mean, online racing is cool to where they're individual races, but Hey, to be able to have like a point standing, um, to actually simulate like your, you know, kind of like how iRacing is, but you know, to people who don't have the PC set up to where they only have Xbox, you know, let it be that way. And you can actually have points and playoffs and all that. And so I think that'd be pretty cool, a pretty cool opportunity to have. I agree. And that for me, if I, if I was a developer and
0: money was no object besides like the classic being able to control your car down pit road, that'd be super fun. But I think, uh, being able to create your own track would be super cool. Uh, putting like uh, Daytona high banks at a track like Martinsville, like a half mile paperclip would be unreal. Uh, but not only getting to create your own like track surface and layout, but being able to create stands around it. So you like creating your own tracks, you got Bristol stands at a track like Talladega with lights and whatnot. That'd be super fun to be able to uh, upload your own tracks and uh, show some creativity, not just with the, uh, with the paint scheme booth, but being able to find or create a track that you really enjoy or combine a few tracks like uh, uh, I don't know, but I think that'd be super cool. Uh, I doubt it's ever going to happen just because it would be probably pretty expensive, but it'd be pretty cool.
2: I agree. That's a cool idea. I've never really thought about that one.
0: I mean, like even uh, Adam and I would play uh, a golf game a bunch and (laughs) the, uh, they had a user general or user submitted golf courses. And a lot of them were uh, like just normal courses, but you had some in there that were absolutely insane. So to create like a, uh, a dirt, Track or a uh, like a road course on dirt that ended up being uh, had banks like Daytona and just be able to just have at it with a track just create some craziness would be super cool. But um, let's go ahead and move into our next topic of the day. Uh, Josh started this off a couple of weeks ago um, with our uh, top three series. So this week we're gonna do our top three most disappointing drivers. Uh, for the 2021 season. And, Adam, how we're going to do this is uh, kind of like a draft system. So I'll go ahead and start, and we'll go, uh, go uh, me, Josh, and then you. We'll all name off a driver, and we'll Sounds go good. back around until we get three each. But I'll go ahead and start off with uh, Josh Slate's boy, Alex Bowman. And not <sighs> necessarily the whole season, because he started off so hot. But then you got to the coronavirus break, and then you come back, and he has been – he, it, the the product on the track for the 88 team uh without, i mean besides this past week cuz he he rallied back but the product for the 88 team has been absolutely atrocious but uh i would say just based off the first couple races to where he is now it's it's a pretty big disappointment for that 88 team
2: yeah i'm going i have to agree with you there but uh, a guy that i think kind of gets under the radar is uh chris busher He comes in from a JTG ride where he finished really well and actually I'm pretty sure ran better in the JTG equipment than he is right now with Roush Fenway. Hopped into the 17 car and switched rides with Ricky Stenhouse and many thought that he was going to do really well. Instead, he's sitting 22nd at points and not going to make the playoffs if he doesn't win. So I was looking forward to watching him succeed this year, but uh, definitely been disappointed with his performance.
1: All right, I'm going to steal the obvious. That way it's easy. I'm going to end up with the good old Kyle Busch in the 18. Because, obviously, defending champ, and even though he still is in the playoff race, he's on the slump. He's on the downhill. And everyone is – it feels like everyone's rooting against him almost because everyone's saying, oh, Kyle Busch is going to miss the playoffs, miss the playoffs. And while I do think that as well, you know, anything can happen. But, you know, obviously, like Henry said earlier, two stage wins from the defending champ. Um, it's kind of – kind of shocking you don't really see that too often so kyle bush my number one all right number two for me
0: i'm gonna stay in the hendrick camp uh it's not jimmy johnson it's william <sighs> byron william byron a lot of people expected him to just fire i mean just just be absolutely unreal this year uh however it's been quite the opposite he's had a he's had a few top 10s top 15s but he's just not shown uh the dominance and the uh, speed that Hendrick cars have. And he he just had to be able to put a full race together. But I would say, regardless of how he's finished, his expectations were high coming into this season. But I would say he's a disappointment this year.
2: That was going to be my pick, but I'm going to go with the guy who's uh, one spot ahead of him, the points, Matt DiBenedetto. He came from a season where he ran pretty decent in the 95 car. And I talked to a bunch of people that are like, oh, DiBenedetto is going to be a multiple time winner. Right now, he sits uh, on the playoff or no, uh, second to last in the playoff cut line, fifteenth in points on the playoff grid, forty-four points to the good, and he's gonna struggle to make the playoffs. I don't think he's got what it takes to succeed in the playoffs. I think you look at Bristol in their track where he almost won at, and just think that he might run good there again, but he didn't run good in uh, in the spring. Or the first race there whenever we ran it. So I think I'm going to go with Matt Benedetto.
1: All right, number two. Let's throw Eric Jones on the list. Everyone, in my opinion, you know, every all the news that surrounded Eric Jones this past week and a half about him not coming back to Gibbs Racing, it's honestly, yeah, he's playing, he's racing for a ride next year, but you think while you have no backing from your team, you're like, all right, I'm not going to be here next year. How do I have the motivation to, you know, get up in there or basically run right. And so his only motivation is to get a ride next year. And so while um, with all that surrounding him, it's, you know, not most disappointing. I just want to throw that out there. I'm looking down the list. You guys are stealing them. It's freaking hard.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. So for my third and final pick, I'm going part-time and, this guy only runs super speedway races. He ran this past weekend on the Daytona road course, but Brendan gone, <laughs> Brendan gone, fantastic driver. He only races at the super speedways and he usually is fine. He finds himself up front unless something happens like a Talladega this past year where he ends up flipping going into turn three, but Hell yeah. he is just, he has not been performing at the uh, two super speedway races and the, uh, the road course so far. I hope he turns it around. Cause Brendan gone at victory lane at Daytona or Talladega here coming up soon would be absolutely electric.
2: All right. And uh, to round my top three out, my biggest disappointment is going to be Quinn Houth. The average is. <laughs> okay, get 5. out of here. What did you expect? To Are you serious? To do. Quinn House 33rd in points, 125 points scored all season. <laughs> Ridiculous. I expected him to be bad on for a playoff spot. And instead, he's upsetting me.
0: Oh my goodness. God. Did that did that driver come straight from Trevor the Cat?
2: <laughs> did. All right,
0: Adam, what you got
1: for us? All right, number three. I'm gonna get I'm gonna go Josh's route and I'm gonna get the same reaction from Henry. Timmy Hill. Get out of <laughs> here, dude. Let me give my explanation. Alright? Are we ready for it? This is kinda like my little hot take on Timmy Hill here. Let's Timmy Hill is normally four, five, six laps down every race. No, excuse me, two to three last year. The hell? The guy's doing like four, five, six down this year. He's slacking. I don't know why he's losing more laps, man. He need I mean, you know, two to three laps down. Now he's four, five, six. He's a laughing stock oh, in NASCAR. Oh
0: my oh my goodness. So we went from uh went from uh, guys who we expected to be running up front to guys we'd expect to only be two laps down. That's how
1: it turned it out. It was huh? hard to pick exactly- Dude, so Okay. Ta- okay. Point. Okay. Honestly, three drivers apiece, nine drivers total out of a field of 39, relatively 40. And it's hard. You got to look Ty at the... Dylan. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, you know Ricky what? Ricky Stenhouse, Michael okay, honestly Okay, Timmy Hill was my funny one. Ricky Stenhouse was Jimmy my serious Johnson. one. Okay, Ricky I can't Stenhouse hate on seven time. Good. I can't hate on seven time. You can't hate on seven time. He's he's fighting. He's fighting. He's rally scheme, white paint scheme. He's rallying. All right? He's getting there. Okay.
0: All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into retweeter mute. Josh has brought the uh, retweeter mute takes this week. So, uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, jump into uh, some hot takes.
2: It's an honor to be doing this. I appreciate you letting me do it. So we're going to hop Enthusiasm kills me. (laughs) We're going to hop into the first hot take. Kaz Grala's seventh place finish on Sunday in his cup debut, filling in for Austin Dillon, locked in his ride with RCR and Xfinity for next season.
0: That's a a hard retweet. Um, Kaz Grala, not only does he have a fantastic name, but he's a really good driver. Uh, It's sad that he's only part-time this year because I feel like he could really uh, just destroy the Xfinity Series and the RCR equipment. But uh, this past weekend, what he showed that he could do on the track for a track he's never been at before, never been in a cup car, and he comes and gets a top 10 in his first start, heck, yeah, he's going to be in a ride next year for RCR and the Xfinity Series full-time. Oh,
1: full-time. Jeez. All right. Whew. That's okay. Um. I'll throw in the good retweet. I'm not going to say full-time. He'll definitely get some more part-time action. He's a hell of a road course racer, obviously. Top 10, Daytona. The Daytona road course, I mean, nothing much more you can say about that. So. All
2: right, all right. So, uh, hot take number two. Jimmy Johnson will win before the end of the 2020 season.
1: I'll let you take this one, Adam. Oh, you knew I was – you knew about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to retweet it, and then I'm going to undo the retweet, and I'm going to retweet it again. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he's a killer, killer at Dover. He has over 3,100 laps led in his career. I think he has, what, 11 wins at Dover? Yes. Insane. And he's going to make it number 12. Might even make it 13.
2: Oh, my goodness. (laughs)
0: Well, yes, I I would not I would not be as enthusiastic about that retweet. But, yeah, I do think that Jimmy Johnson will get a win this year. I don't know if it's going to be before the playoffs. I don't even know if he's going to make the playoffs, but I do think he's going to find a way to get in victory lane for his final season. Uh, So that is a uh, that is a retweet, just not as near as enthusiastically as Adam.
2: All right. This is uh, based off one of the polls we did on our Twitter this week. Drivers should receive points for races that they miss due to COVID. Uh,
0: mute block. Uh, here's the deal. So I, I agree 100% that if a driver fills in, uh, like a, a driver missing in for a birth of a child, they should not get those points because they could definitely be in the car. It's their choice, even though they would probably be in a lot of trouble with the misses if they were to miss the child's <laughs> birth. But coronavirus, that's not something you could help Uh, you can't control whether you get diagnosed or not. It's not, it's out of your control. Uh, It's not like you can still drive, even if you get coronavirus and it's just a choice, but it's NASCAR saying that you can't drive because you have the coronavirus. So with that being said, I do think that just for coronavirus, that the drivers who miss the race, uh, the points should be there for whoever replaces them. It's a
1: good one. That's, I agree. You know, I'm going to have to uh, mute that, block it, and I'm going to add another one. Might as well just delete the entire profile. Just go ahead and do it. (laughs) So, I agree. You took the words out of my mouth. I mean, yeah, the points are for the driver. They're not for the car. If the points were for the car, obviously. You know, they earn points for the number. You know, slap the points on there. But they're for the drivers. And so, um. It, it's just straight and simple. I mean, yeah, it's out of their hands. However, it's the circumstance. It's the life, the reality we're living in right now. It's all, you, you can't help it. And so, uh, no, the po- uh, drivers
2: should not be allowed to get the points for the fill-in drivers.
0: So that'd be a retweet.
2: Yes. Or no, the, the question about? was drivers should receive points. So you oh, did I say retweet, retweet or? You said me. Oh,
0: yeah, no, I, I retweet that then. I didn't hear you. Yep. Yeah, no, that, that's a retweet. All right, go ahead and get another one for me.
2: Uh, Kevin Harvick will have more than 10 wins this season.
0: Mute. Okay, here's, here's my reasoning for the mute. Kevin Harvick, the second-best driver this season behind Denny Hamlin. And the reason, I, I, really? it dawned on me this weekend that even though Denny Hamlin has less wins than Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin also is has been in contention for more wins. Uh, Good point. Good point. That being said, I see more drivers competing as the season goes on. Uh, usually, the driver uh, a lot of the drivers who pop off and get five six wins early on the season kind of mellow out near the end because there is so much competition in the playoffs. So you are going to have more people competing for the wins. The uh, Brad Keselowski's, the Chase Elliott's, the Denny Hamlin's. There, there just aren't going to be enough races at the end of the day for Kevin Harvick to win ten. And I know he's got four more. I just don't see him winning four more this season.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a big time mute slash block action. Um, I agree. You know, there's. I mean, if there were more races left in the season, yeah, he could probably get ten. But there's just no way with everyone else running hard near. The, you know, playoffs are heating up. Even coming in these next three races, there's no. There's just no way that. Um, the guys battling for playoff spots um, just gonna be, There's just going to be. There's going to be so much pressure, so much tension, and I just don't think. While Kevin Harvick is doing an immaculate job this season, um, contender for the ship, but I just don't think he can can reach that that ten win mark. Be cool, be sick, but ain't gonna happen.
2: Yeah, we saw Truex a couple years ago hit nine, but last time somebody broke over ten wins, I have no idea where when that was, but. Um, Last one is NASCAR should award teams for most laps led and or uh, leading a lap.
1: Award them with what?
2: Award award teams with points. A couple years ago, they used to give a point for leading a lap, a point for uh, leading the most laps.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like at that point, you're just kind of rewarding someone for inheriting leads or not being able to close. So I think how the point system is now – is perfect for uh, what NASCAR needs, and that's you get rewarded for running up front when it counts, uh, whether that be a stage win or the end of the race. But just being up there leading a lap, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would give people points for that. So it's going to be a mute.
1: Yeah, so quick question. Is this going to be points for drivers or, like, ownership team points?
2: Uh, it would be for drivers. Oh, mute. Mute.
1: No explanation needed. Mute. All right. I'm kidding. I'll I'll give an explanation. I'm kidding.
0: Okay. Go ahead. All
1: right. Yeah. And so, you got to think about it. Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, they'd be stupid ahead in the points, even though they've won races, um, and they've solidified their playoff spot. You wouldn't – you just wouldn't be able to catch them because those are the two big guys that are always up there one and two. Every week, past six races, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin show. So, um, and then – it's just basically going to be that there'd be way ahead in the points and just be way too blown out of proportion. So mute. All
0: right. Well, let's go ahead and move into uh, today's interview. We've got, uh, Chris Wilner with MRN, uh, Chris Wilner uh, also does I racing with Josh in the Monday night league. Uh, I unfortunately missed it, uh, overslept my alarm. Sadly, I was bummed I didn't get to speak with Chris, uh, but the interview is fantastic. But let's go ahead and uh, give a shout out to uh, this interview sponsor, uh, sponsor for today's interviews, Casper Mattresses. Get the sleep you've always dreamed of. Casper's award-winning mattresses, sheets, and more are quality, handcrafted, and ethically built in the USA. Get one hundred dollars off for every one thousand dollars you spend. Save big and sleep better with Casper. One hundred night free trial, limited time only. Get yours today at www.casper.com. Let's get to the interview.
2: All right, and welcome back. We have a interview with uh, MRN Radio's Chris Wilner. Welcome, Chris. Can you introduce yourself?
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, Josh. Um, yeah, my name is Chris Wilner. Uh, basically, do a little bit of everything in the motorsports community. Primarily, um, doing on-air reporting for the Motor Racing Network, as well as NASCAR Productions. Uh, dual role, both uh, on-air and also production producing a lot of different videos for the Truck Series, broadcast elements on Fox, as well as IMSA sports car digital content. So
2: a lot of different things going on here
3: uh, in the big old Charlotte, North Carolina.
2: That's awesome. That's where I want to live once I uh, graduate school and get done with that. But me and you actually met off iRacing, racing with our friends Steve and Jason, and uh, got to learn more about you. You told me you started out racing quarter midgets. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, it was certainly an interesting introduction to um, racing at a young age. I grew up in Carmel, Indiana, which is just north of Indianapolis, so obviously, um, the racing capital of the world with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Went to my first Indy 500 when I was uh, about eight years old, nine years old with my dad. And growing up, you know, I played ball and stick sports, you know, just like a lot of different kids. Did And, you know, I'm a smaller guy. We'll put it that way. I'm about 5'5 now. So I'm not too big. So football and basketball, as much as I loved it, you know, it wasn't going to be something I was going to get good at and go to college for it or anything. So uh, I was driving in my car or I was driving with my dad in the car. And, you know, at the time, Vince Welch, who now works for Fox, was on the radio in Indianapolis at a talk station. And he was talking about his kid, Dylan Welch at the time, who was two years younger than me, so six, seven, uh, was saying he finished third in a quarter midget race. And I was like, what? What's that? His kid races? And I was like, Dad, you know, we got to figure out you know, what this is. So he ended up calling the radio station and talked to Vince. And he was like, yeah, you know, there's this quarter midget league. It's, you know, you can be as young as five, up to 16. It's a good introduction to racing. It's, you know, relatively cost effective you know, come check it out. So a couple weeks later, we met them out at the quarter midget track, which is inside the fairgrounds in the Indianapolis, um, the Indianapolis or Indiana State Fairgrounds, I should say, in Indianapolis, where they hold the Hoosier 100 every year. And there's a little quarter track in there. And So we went and met Dylan, who I didn't know at the time, went to my elementary school because our school is so big, you know, and he was two years younger. So I was like, oh, you go to Woodbrook? He said, yeah. And I was like, we hit it off right away. And watched him practice, talked to his dad. And, you know, he lifted me over the fence and I got to talk to him. And next thing I know, you know, we got information on how to buy a car and started racing when I, it what was it 2004 was my first full year. I think I started at the end of 03 and, uh, raced for till about 2008. And in that time started as a rookie, you know, growing pains in the novice class and ended up, moving on to run two different cars in two different classes and, uh, won two track championships, a regional championship and, um, set quick time at a lot of different racetracks. Then we tried the big race at the Indianapolis motor speedway. They used to run, uh, the parking lot, actually, where the driver owner lot is now they would run a big gas and alley nationals. And I finished fourth in my final year. And then after that it was kind of decision time at this point, I'm in high school later years in high school and, around this time too, I figured like, I wasn't going to be the next Jeff Gordon. You know, we had some quarter midgets was really good, but once we moved up to the micro six hundreds, which is around dirt, it's kind of the next level to sprint cars and midgets. You know, once I started running those in high school, I was kind of like, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I was pretty good at it, but I could tell it was going to be a tougher learning curve and a lot of different guys were better than me. So, while I was in school, I was fortunate enough to go to a high school that we had our own radio station and television station, all student run. And it was part of classes you could take in broadcast. So I started doing that. And I said, man, you know, this would be really cool. If, you know, racing doesn't work out, I want to be still involved with the sport. And I want to share my passion for it and tell stories about it to fans, you know, across the country. So Started with my own little radio show. Uh, we had one big time caller come call in. I don't know if you've heard of Donald Davidson, but he's the historian of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You can ask him any question um, about any race, and he'll give you an answer. You can tell him, you ask him who was 15th in the 1964 e 500, he'll tell you right off the bat. It's pretty cool. So we had him on, and then after that, you know, I kind of hung up the helmet full time, running Micros um, when I graduated high school, and I went to Syracuse University because that was, you know, what I thought was the number one school in journalism. It is, you know, I'm I'm biased. My girlfriend went to Mizzou; uh, she thinks that's the number one journalism school, so we have a good banter back and forth. But anyways, so I'll make a long story short, just started doing student television stuff there and radio, and covered Syracuse athletics. What um, went to the Final Four covered biggies lacrosse. It was a lot of fun. And then right around that time, I started interning in Indianapolis, um, with a local station there and, you know, getting to go to the Indy 500 as a journalist and, um, cover some dirt sprint car races for USAC. And I was like, yeah, you know, this is what I want to do. So, um, So in the meantime, you know, I still run the micro every once in a while. I'll go back to Indiana, and even when I, after college, and moved on to my first job, you know, I still raced a little bit, but it's more of a hobby for me now. But don't get me wrong, anytime I'm in the car, I'm really competitive and, you know, want to do a really good job. But graduated Syracuse, and um, I took the local TV route first just to get experience. So I was the weekend sports anchor in Abilene, Texas, which is a town – about an hour and 45, two hours west of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and covered high school football, uh, but was fortunate enough to be close enough to Dallas that we would cover Texas Motor Speedway, the Dallas Cowboys. So I got to go to all their home games, Texas Rangers. So it was a really good experience to get on-air reps to write and produce. So I learned how to edit you know, my own stories and write my own anchor scripts and all that. And then was there for four years, was sports director there, And then, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I I knew it was time if I was going to go pursue racing to make a move because Texas isn't, you know, where you need to be. And at the time, you know, Dylan, who we had been friends ever since we raced quarter midgets, you know, I'll call him my best friend. He had moved to Charlotte a couple years prior and was making big moves in the broadcasting world. And I was like, well, you know, I need to make, make a jump here. So packed up the car and just with my clothes and, you know crashed on some couches of some friends that lived here and just started from the ground up you know um freelancing with nascar productions just on a uh, race by race schedule doing projects for them and then eventually got an audition with mrn at the all-star race at charlotte last year in 2019 and uh, i guess i did a good enough job because they asked me to work road america last year and then uh, as a turn announcer and then This year I signed up, I had six, or excuse me, I had eight races, but then COVID messed that up and I only ended up having about five, but, so yeah, that's kind of how we got to where we are today and then try to do little things, you know, here and there I can, you know, we did the NASCAR Heat Pro League last year, NASCAR Productions had it, I called it with Hannah Newhouse and uh, we used the Fox, you know, studio up at NASCAR Productions, we used, you know, um all the studio space we had a great finale it was awesome unfortunately covid you know we couldn't do it in studio this year so uh, the rights to that went to speed 51 but um it was a good experience so yeah just trying to you know put my nose to the grind and uh figure out what's next you know i'm always asking companies or you know whatever where they need an announcer or a pit reporter and i'm um, trying to make it happen so luckily i've got a couple more mrn races um but in the meantime i'm back at off the uh, nascar productions tower here in charlotte and editing videos so that's kind of the gist of where i came from and where i'm at today
2: it's a fantastic story how you started off uh racing dirt cars and then you end up forming a career in the sport i feel like there's a uh, a bunch of reporters out there like you mentioned dylan welch my friend andrew Curlin had a good interview with alan kavana a couple weeks ago and he said he started that way but um uh, Going back to, like you said, something about stick and ball sports. I played football and soccer, and uh, I'm a small guy. I'm 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, like hey, me too. Five, How six, about that? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like to give me that extra inch, but I'm right around 5'5". Five, five, but football wasn't my thing. And then soccer came, and it's like, you know what? I think it's going to be better to talk about sports and write about sports than uh, trying to pursue a career because I knew I didn't have it. So uh, it's also
3: less dangerous too.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And uh my dad actually bought me a go kart back for Christmas one year and we were gonna race it and uh it was tight on money but it was like a it was a gift and we were gonna go out there and race it but funding, uh it's tough to fund the things and uh go out there. That's like my one thing that I like love doing, just going out there, a local go kart track, go rip some laps and just hang out and have a good time with uh some of my friends and uh then I, we decided to start this media group and uh, try to create podcasts, create content, kind of like uh, what you did doing the freelance stuff. This is like our way of trying our best to make a name for ourselves. So trying to make a name for yourself, what's like the biggest tip that you could give somebody to say like, here, do this, and this is the biggest, best advice you can get to succeed in the NASCAR industry?
3: Oh man, that's a really good question because I think everyone has a different answer. Because I mean, if you ask anyone in the industry, as you know, you kind of alluded to, we all come from different backgrounds. We've all found something that, you know, I guess if you want to say you made it, I don't think I've made it yet until I'm, you know, full time with a network or something like that. But I am lucky to at least do the things that I can do. Um for me, and it's kind of been my mantra since I was basically in high school, maybe early college years, it's never say no, mm-hmm. you know, like you're going to have opportunities that may be big, you're going to have opportunities that are small, you know, I, but my mantra is to, to say yes to as much as you can, whether you think it's the best thing or not, like, you know, so not only did I say yes to MRN, but then later on in the year, I got asked, hey, you know, we need an announcer at a little go-kart race in Georgia over Thanksgiving. It ended up not being little because I never heard about it before. But in hindsight, you think, man, do I really want to spend three days at a Super 8 hotel in the middle of nowhere? Um, You're not getting paid a whole lot. It's just use. You're going to be working all day on the PA. But you think about the longevity of what that could do in terms of just getting reps, getting your name out there. You know, so... No matter how big or small the job is, say yes as much as you can because every experience is going to help. And although that, you know, time when I did the go-kart race, like at the time I wasn't thinking much of it, to this day I think it was great because, A, you proved yourself to a group of people and they, you know, asked me back, which is nice. But then also the company that ran that, oh, well, we heard Chris did a really good job. You never know who's going to listen. Well, now, you know, there was some interest like with another company that wants or a track, you know, that says they need somebody and they heard I did a good job. So it's like, you never know what could lead of it. So, you know, you know anytime that you can email somebody or or call somebody or send a text to a friend that says, hey, I know, you know, so-and-so like would love to get involved. Any chance you get to say yes to an opportunity, take it because you never know what, what could happen after that.
2: I agree. I, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to, hop on and write for a uh, speedway digest this season, contacted them earlier this season uh, and uh, was looking forward to just start, start working towards the career goal and working for the sport, broadcasting the sport, just something inside NASCAR. And I thought writing for them would be the best opportunity. So I took that opportunity and just kind of grew with this. Uh, then I uh, started this. We had it last year and it kind of fizzled, but uh, we're back this year and just, trying to work our hardest and uh definitely if i get like any opportunities i'm gonna go for it i've uh, gonna try to talk to local short tracks and see what kind of help they can do if it's social media stuff on race weekends pa announcing just anything they can do because you never know who they know and how it can uh help you in the long run but oh yeah when i was
3: full time in abilene texas there's a little dirt track there they only raced like a handful of times a year i went out there for free and I volunteered to co-announce with the guy who they've had, you know, for several years just to get some time on the mic. I didn't care if I – they paid me in terms of a pit pass, but that was about it, you know. Like, it, I drove down there. I had to buy my own food. But, you know, at the time, you know, you think that that's what you got to do and, it, and and how, you know, much it benefited me. What I think it did greatly. So, yeah, you're right. Like, just do whatever you can, man.
2: Yeah, for sure. And every time we interview somebody on the podcast, we always ask for their uh, a dark horse champion and a hot take for uh, the rest of the NASCAR Cup Series season.
3: Ooh, dark horse champion. Well, obviously, I think where we're at now, there's pretty much a big three. So if you're going to look outside of that, but maybe somebody that's so solidly in the playoffs... <sighs> as much as I'm going to know I jinxed him and, and I kind of know him from back in the midget days. I, I think Alex Bowman, if he can find a way to get back to where he was um, pre COVID, I, I think he's got a shot. You know, they were so right. He was so good. I mean, not only just winning at auto club, but like every race he was in, he was up at the front competitive there at the end. And as much as, you know, when the playoffs start, it's all about winning. If he can get one or maybe two wins during that time and just be as consistent as he was, he'll be right there in Homestead, you know, with the shot. So if you're going to pick a dark horse outside of the big three, maybe four if you're going to count, like, a Joey Logano uh, or a Brad Keselowski, I think um, I'd probably pick Bowman. And then what was the other question?
2: I wasn't expecting you to say Alex Bowman. I was thinking – along the lines of like uh, Chase Elliott or somebody, Ryan Blaney, somebody that not many people say could be a champion, but uh, people talk about contending in the playoffs. So uh, I,
3: I like think, to stir uh, the pot a little bit. I mean, I know I'm wrong, and uh, whoever's listening to this is probably going like, well, wow, that guy's an idiot. But sometimes I like to take a chance on people that may not be the first to come to mind because, I mean, that's kind of what rides on my shoulders, you know, for my career. It's, I feel like, you know, I don't have the big name or I don't have lineage in the sport, but like, you know, I'm going to let my work speak for itself and kind of be the underdog. So we'll see.
2: You got a risk to get a reward. And, uh, the last question was a hot take for the rest of the series ah. season.
3: Ah, hot take. Well, this may not be hot anymore because I think we're finding out that it's beneficial, but I think for the rest of the year, but actually more so going into next year, I really don't think we're ever going to practice like we have been again. I really don't. And I think a lot of people are realizing that, you know, there's going to be your traditionalists that say we need practice And, and some of the crew chiefs, you know, listening to them too. I don't think we ever need to go back to the whatever full day or day and a half of practice that we had in the past. But they kind of want like a 20-minute session to shake down the car. I don't even think you need that anymore. I think I, I would still like qualifying because, as we've seen with the draw, some are more lucky than others. Cough, cough, Stuart Haas racing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think if that's a hot take anymore, I don't know if it really is. Maybe if you want to really make a hot take, I'd probably say, you know, as much as I love him, I don't think Jimmy Johnson's going to make the playoffs. I really don't.
2: Yeah. It's a, I like the new uh, stuff they're going with now. They released today the, uh, the rally scheme. It's kind of like put in the season so far in the past and focusing on these last four races, trying to make the playoffs. And I really like that mindset going into the playoffs, especially being Jimmy's last year.
3: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that's a really good idea. And I'm right there with you. It's just more of like, performance standpoint you know this year has just really messed up a lot of things and I don't want to say that you know the pandemic and all that was like a big reason or anything but he's just had a, a multitude of just bad luck and I just you almost just wish just like we all could wish we could just hit reset on 2020 and start on over I think he just needs to get through this year and I wouldn't be surprised if he does a little bit more than he was planning to next year just because of how this year went,
2: you know, Mm -hmm. I agree with that. That's a lot of rumors going around circling Jimmy Johnson. Possibly. Did I
3: ever tell you about my time go-karting with Jimmy Johnson?
2: No. Tell us about it.
3: All right. Well, I'll keep it short, but up at GoPro motorplex, which is the karting center in Mooresville, North Carolina, a lot of drivers got, you know, they have go-karts to use during the off season to train. It's a good, you know, workout tool, so chase briscoe used to race in indiana he's from indiana he's a big sprint car guy so dylan kind of knows him pretty well and i met him through you know my work and he had texted dylan he said hey you know you and your buddy like come on up and run my go-kart i'd well, be awesome he's got like a tag kart. It goes like 90 miles an hour it's awesome so we go up there i haven't driven a go-kart in a while this is in january right before the season started and i go out there run a few laps dylan goes out there runs a few laps we're talking whatever and they're like all right chris it's your turn again so as I'm strapping in, this black Tahoe rolls up, garage opens, and I see this cart being pulled out for 48. And I said, "You, you don't think it's Jimmy Johnson?" Sure enough, Jimmy comes around the corner, and his uh, his handler guy with his carts has them all set to go. He's got a suit on. He said, "Hey, you mind if I join you?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> I mean, I'm scared now because he's gonna run me over. Because Jimmy Johnson, for those that don't know, is an incredible. Go carter. I mean, he's good at everything. He's an Iron Man, but I mean, he is a really good Carter and he uses that as his training tool. So sure enough, he gives you like, all right, I'll give you a half a lap, maybe a little more head start. So I go out there and I'm ripping. At least I think I am. I'm going fast. I'm like, Jimmy's not gonna lap me. I don't finish the lap before Jimmy. I can hear him behind me. I took one look around as we're heading into this hard 90-degree right-hand turn. And I got so scared because I didn't want to hold him up. I literally just like let him go, but I missed the corner and flew off the racetrack into the dirt. I saved it, kept it, you know, I pulled it back on the racetrack and he kind of gave me the hand as he went by. And we pulled off the track a couple laps later. He's like, dude, what were you doing? And I'm just like, I didn't want to be the guy that wrecks Jimmy Johnson at a go-kart track, you know. So anyways, that was really cool. And while we're, and he was talking about his plans and obviously this was before COVID, but he had mentioned, you know, already like about the IndyCar test he did, he was pumped about that. And then, um, you know, possibly some dirt stuff, you know, like the chili bowl. Uh, he already has been talking to some teams about maybe running a car. I don't know about this year cause we may not even have a chili bowl, but if not this year, definitely next year. So I thought that's really cool. He's already planning to run different series, different specs, specifications, you know, and all that, you know, uh, before this year's even over. So it's pretty cool that he's got a plan already.
2: That's really cool. When I was down in Charlotte a couple weeks ago, we were uh, planning on going to GoPro to do some races, and it ended up being closed the Saturday we were going to go because Keelan Harvick, he had a race that was going on up there in the go-kart league, he races that, so we were unable to go. But it looks like a good time, a bunch of drivers go up there and some fast carts. But I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. Uh, really great interview. So I appreciate it, Chris.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, Josh. And we'll see you on the uh, racetrack on Monday. Playoff start for the Monday Night Racing League. And I hope I don't embarrass myself. And I'm not, 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 not saying no. But I need, to like in the devil inside. Oh, 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 oh,
0: and that was our interview with MRN's own Chris Wilner. Uh, fantastic interview. Thanks, Chris, for coming out. Good luck to you in the uh, the rest of the iRacing uh, Monday Night League. Uh, hopefully Josh doesn't beat you too bad. I'm um, kind of biased, though, with that behind-the-wall media car. Let's go ahead and jump into uh, over-under for this week. Uh, Adam, since you haven't been with us since we started doing over-under, basically what it is, I'm going to give you a, a stat or a, a – a stat along with a number, and you got to tell me whether okay. the actual number is over or under the number I give. So, you ready?
1: Oh, I'm ready than I'll ever be, man. Let's roll. All
0: right. Well, here's here's the deal too. So, Josh has never won. Jay, we've been doing this. This is the third week. Jay is two and zero. You're filling in for Jay. So let's go ahead and keep uh, that magic going just to piss Josh off because I know he's very competitive and always wants
1: to win. That's best to say. Uh, he's about to be 0-3 now. So let's remember,
0: no, no cheating or I will suspend you and put you on trial. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get going with the first one. Uh, Clint Boyer has over or under 12 NASCAR Cup Series wins.
2: Over. Over.
0: Those are both incorrect. It's under. He only has 10 wins in the NASCAR Cup Series. Really? Yeah. A little disappointing. You'd think he'd have more. He would be electric to have win more what's often. His,
1: what's his top tens? That's I my have opinion. no idea. He probably has a lot of top tens.
0: A lot of top tens. He, he just can't seem to close just it. Just
1: can't, can't finish.
0: All right. Here's a fun one. Number two, at the track, a basic racing electronics scanner and headset costs over or under forty-five ninety-nine.
1: Over under
0: Correct answer is over. The uh, a basing racing electronic scanner and headset is 49.99 before tax. All right, Josh has got a 1-0 lead. Uh, number 3 at Talladega Super Speedway. A college ticket costs over or under
2: $20? Under.
1: Under. Under.
0: Incorrect. Uh, student tickets at Talladega Super Speedway are twenty five dollars uh, before race week. On race week, it's thirty dollars. So, God, uh, thinking of going to Talladega? Th- if you're thinking of going to Talladega this fall, make sure you get your tickets now. Uh, www.talladega superspeedway uh, Quick plug. All right. Uh, on the topic of uh, MRN, by the way, Josh, you've got one. Adam zero, disappointing us all. Yeah. Uh, MRN zone. Dave Moody is over or under 60 years old.
1: I don't even know who the guy is. So over. under.
0: And Adam's on the board. He's 59 yes, sir. years here old. We go. yes, we're, sir. we're going to overtime. Here we go. Gosh. All right. Let's make it three.
1: Right. Josh. right. Let's roll.
0: One, I don't have enough questions for that. You guys. You guys <laughs> oh, I hope it's three. three. You guys got to pick separate here. All right. Uh, <laughs> Final question. First one, uh, you guys got to oh, pick different ones here. Don't, I'm don't not throw picking up more. There. So first one, first one to name it gets God. it. So, anyways, uh, there are over or under 18 competitors in this year's all star race.
1: Over. Under.
0: Josh wins. It's over. Congrats. God. It's 20.
2: <laughs> Josh, Let's you're go. finally on the
0: board. Do you time. feel like it was a real win since Jay won here?
2: No, I think it's easier to beat Adam than it is Jay. <laughs> all right. Okay.
1: All right. Relax. <laughs> you know, run it back. All right. We'd have to run it back next week. I need to be on here again. Jake and all right. Here, here's here's
0: some, here's here's a quick one for you. Uh, over under. How many uh, road course wins does Adam Thomas have in NASCAR Heat Five? Uh, over under one.
2: <laughs> under.
0: And Josh over. is right. Josh, <laughs> uh, Adam has zero. Road Course wins in NASCAR Heat 5. But let's go ahead and move into Hot Take Dark Horse. Uh, We'll start with the winner, uh, Josh. We'll see what you got for uh, upcoming Doubleheader Weekend at Dover.
2: I'm going to start off with uh, Dark Horse for both races. I'm going to have to go Michael McDowell. He ran really good at the Daytona Road Course, and Front Row Motorsports is Kind of started off the year really hot, then they faded during the summer months, but I think they're going to come to Dover and unload really fast and be able to run top 15, if not top 10. At least that's what I'm hoping. I love watching that team do good. And hot take, I think we're going to see... uh, I'm going to... might be a little boring, but I think we're going to see a first-time winner and a first-time 2020 winner in one of the two races this weekend.
1: That was pretty boring. That
2: was pretty yeah, cool. wasn't the hottest.
1: God. All right, Adam, what you, what you got for us, champ? Uh, th- yeah, appreciate that. So, not fond of the dark, dark horses. That's the driver we think that's coming out of left field, when, or doing really good, or almost winning the race.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. People like the uh, Timmy
1: Hills. Oh, you know I like a good Timmy Hill, but <laughs> he's going to end up being two laps down this week, and not more than that. But on the contrary, Christopher Bell had 95. That's All who right, I'm going to be on my dark horse.
0: What's your hot take? Whew.
1: Hot take, good old seven-time Jimmy Johnson wins at Dover. Second race, using the same car, not even have to go into a backup car. And in the first race, Kyle Busch wrecks out, ends up 35 plus again. Wow. One All
0: right, uh, my dark horse. <laughs> Jeez, you guys are balling it out for hot takes here. Uh, now hot, I would though. say that was that was that was pretty hot. Jimmy Johnson going back to back this weekend, pulling a Kevin Harvick. That's that's pretty hot. That's piping hot. Um, let's go ahead. Uh, for my dark horse for the doubleheader weekend, I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Reddick. Uh, I think he's going to get it done in one at least one of the two races this weekend. I'm going to say Sunday. Uh, I don't know why, but we'll go with it. Uh, hot take four. Uh, man, that's tough. That's I like cool. I'm running out of hot takes here. I, I basically hit everything. But um, let's see. Uh, hot take this weekend in either Saturday or Sunday. Bubba Wallace will get his uh, – get a uh, top five. Oh, I thought you were about to say it. Nah, ain't gonna get a win this weekend. Maybe, maybe Daytona, but uh, Bubba Wallace in one of the two races will uh, get a top five. Uh, But yeah, that's the uh, the show today. Thanks, Adam, for coming out this week. Uh, Josh, thanks for coming out. Uh, This is the behind the wall podcast.